Hello and a very warm welcome as you join us on Search for Truth, your weekly 15-minute Bible teaching program with Brian Johnston. I'm your host, John Martin, and our series is called Once Saved, Always Saved. It is a 10-week series, and today we're at uh, program number 9. So Brian has been showing over the past weeks from Bible evidence that our Christian salvation is absolutely secure. But today's talk is one where Brian shows that there is another helpful distinction, or it shows what we can fall away from. So let's go to Brian to learn more. Thanks, John. Yes, last week we were drawing a distinction between different aspects of our salvation, between being saved from sin's penalty, saved from its power, and finally saved from its presence. That's a really helpful distinction in relation to the theme of these programmes in our current series, because it shows that there is an aspect of salvation that we are indeed in danger of losing, which is daily salvation from the power of our sins when we are overcome by temptations. But that's so different from saying that we can lose our salvation from the penalty of our sins, so different from saying that we can ever bring our eternal destiny into jeopardy. When we fail to keep such biblical distinctions clear in our minds, we end up in confusion, where many indeed have ended up, and who, although very sincere, disturb others with their misguided teaching. But there's yet another key distinction that we can helpfully make in this connection, and that's the one I want to share with you today. And that other key distinction is that the church, the body, is distinct from local churches of God, as we find them biblically interlinked in one overall New Testament fellowship of churches, and variously designated in our Bibles as being God's people, God's house, his kingdom, the holy and royal priesthood, and God's holy nation. Now, in an earlier programme, we explained the church which is Christ's body as being all true believers of this present age of grace. The day of grace which began at the time of Acts chapter 2 with the coming of the Holy Spirit to permanently indwell believers for the first time in history. You see, we would acknowledge that the Bible talks of a falling away being possible. But the big question is, a falling away from what? To understand this in context, we have to distinguish between our salvation and our service for the Lord. If I can put it like this, as far as New Testament teaching is concerned, our salvation is to do with being in the church which is Christ's body, and our service is to do with being in a local church of God. What's more, the Bible when we understand it correctly, is saying that it's possible to fall away only from a position of responsibility in serving God. It's not at all saying that we can fall away from our eternally secure status as being forever saved from the penalty of our sins. For I want us to see today that the theme of the letter to the Hebrews, and remember, that's where we find this talk of falling away in verses like Hebrews 6 verse 6, I want us to see today that the theme of the Hebrews' letter is our service for God and not our salvation. In its first century Jewish setting, the Hebrews' letter referred to the danger of early Jewish believers being drawn back into following the old ways of Judaism again. That's what's being referred to, for example, in the falling away that's mentioned in Hebrews 6 verse 6. In that first century setting at least, 
there could be no recovery into Church of God fellowship for anyone who renounced Jesus as Messiah and returned to the old ways of Judaism. That was because this was such a disastrous U-turn after they'd had the courage to publicly recognise Jesus as the true Messiah. So the theme of Hebrews is not whether these wavering Jews maintain their salvation, but whether they maintain their place of privilege among God's worshipping people, or whether they fell away from it. How can we be sure that this is what Hebrews is saying? Well, the letter itself, actually in chapter 3 and verse 6, describes them as being in God's house, along with all the other New Testament believers in the churches of God in all the different localities we read about. So the first place to start would seem to be by asking, what exactly is God's house? As we say, the writer tells the Hebrews, for whom the letter we have in our Bibles was originally intended, that they are God's house. In fact, linking himself with them, he says, whose house we are. And then he adds, in chapter 3, verse 6, he adds the condition, if we hold fast. Now, that's the point I want you to especially notice with me. There's a condition here. The writer addresses his readers and says, we are God's house if we hold fast. If, notice, that implies a condition, something that's not guaranteed. This condition is something he's going to say a lot about in the letter to the Hebrews, that is, to those first Jewish Christians. For as we said earlier in this series, the writer goes on to talk of the danger of falling away, famously in, for example, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 6. Now, let me say this very carefully. If God's house is identified as being everyone who's known salvation through faith in Christ, then this falling away would seem to be a falling away from salvation. But the Bible does not teach that once saved, we can be lost again. That has been the whole point of this series of programmes. From many different points of view, we've seen that the Bible very definitely maintains the line of teaching that says, once saved, always saved. Therefore, God's house, which Hebrews teaches is conditional, cannot be identified with the vast company of all those who've ever known salvation by God's grace through personal faith in Jesus Christ and is in fact also to be distinguished even from all currently living believers, once again because of that stated condition. All of this shows that the defining issue for a place in God's house is not the possession of salvation. For although Hebrews tells us we can fall away from God's house, yet we can never be dispossessed of our salvation. There's no need whatsoever for us to hold fast to our salvation, For the Lord Jesus himself holds us fast and assures that none of us can be snatched away from him. But regarding what's called God's house, we evidently do need to hold fast, just as they did to whom the author of Hebrews wrote some 2,000 years ago. All those who've ever at some point come to saving faith in Christ by this point in history include myriads of by now dead believers. But God's house at any time, doesn't even include all true believers alive at that moment, for there is the condition applied if we hold fast. The Hebrews letter was written, as its name implies, to early Jewish Christians. And the very first Christians were, of course, Jews. 
They'd left behind the ceremonial law of Moses to embrace Jesus as the Messiah and follow the teaching of his apostles. By following the teaching of the apostles, they found themselves in the New Testament churches of God. The book of the Acts of the Apostles documents exactly how this came about. The existence of these churches spread outwards from Jerusalem, particularly as a result of the various missionary journeys of the Apostle Paul. Those who turned to the Lord in each place were subsequently numbered and identified with the Church of God in that locality. Now, what's very significant is these local churches weren't just left to go their own way. They were linked by visits from the likes of Paul. They were addressed together in several of the Bible letters. They sent relief aid to one another as needs arose. And they were bound by a common adherence to the same understanding of the Lord's teaching, a point clearly demonstrated in the case of the Jerusalem Council of Acts chapter 15. In other words, they were an interlinked community of disciples, maintained by the church elders in the different localities, working in close fellowship with each other. There isn't the slightest evidence that some practiced baptism while others didn't. No indication whatsoever that some churches had elders, whereas others had a different form of government. They were united in belief and practice as a model community. But just as in some parts of the world today, they were a persecuted community then. And some of them, by the time that the letter to the Hebrews came to be written, had come to feel life would be easier outside of this messianic community. Life would be simpler again if, as in the old days, they were just going along with the law of Moses, like the majority of the folks around them, at least in Israel. To people just like that, to those who were wavering on the brink of leaving the community of churches of God, the writer of the Hebrews letter makes his appeal by the Spirit of God. Don't go back. Don't fall away. To quit their association with the practising Christian community would not mean the loss of their salvation, but, and this is the main point of the entire letter, they would miss out on everything that was special in serving God together in the biblical community of churches of God. The very things the Old Testament had been pointing forwards to. It would be a falling away in terms of their service and from the privileges and responsibilities which attended it. In short, they'd lose their place in God's house. They wouldn't lose their salvation, remember, but they'd lose their place in God's house, which was that clearly defined community of believers described in the pages of the New Testament, where God lived by his Spirit in a way that answered exactly to earlier eras when the place where God lived on earth, his house, was known as Moses' tabernacle or Solomon's temple. Let's sum it up again. As far as New Testament teaching is concerned, our service is to do with being in a local church of God, and our salvation is to do with being in the church which is Christ's body. From that last mentioned church, we can never fall away, but we can fall away from local church of God fellowship, as in the example of 1 Corinthians chapter 5. We've seen there are two distinct things, namely the church, the body, and God's house, which respectively relate to our salvation and our service for God. And to fall away in service does not mean the loss of our salvation. And there's a whole Bible-wide pattern of teaching in support of this, which is given to us for our assurance.
Thanks, Brian, for your talk today. If you'd like to study this subject in greater detail, there's a transcript booklet, which is still available, and it covers the whole of this 10-part series. Now, if you'd like one or more for group study, ask for the title Once Saved, Always Saved. You can contact us by email or by post. Here's the address. Search for Truth, P.O. Box 70115, Chilomani, Blantyre, Malawi. The email address is sft at churchesofgod.info and you can find some uh, a selection of past programmes and other helpful material on our website and that is at www.searchfortruth.org.uk It's been a great privilege to have your company today. I hope you enjoyed the programme, so please join us again next week if you can. Until then... We give our very best wishes from Brian, David, our singers, and me, John. So goodbye for now, and may God richly bless you.